Hello, welcome to another episode of Raise the Curve. So it's nearing the end of, of uh, the semester for me. And one thing that's of, of interest uh, that's popped up, of course, every at the end of every semester is class evaluations. So and whether or not you should attach extra credit for that or whether you should do extra credit at all. So I really want to talk about two topics in this particular episode, class evaluations <laughs> and extra credit. So let's go ahead and bust out extra credit first because it's a little bit of a smaller topic. You know, a lot of times there's questions on Chronicles of Higher Ed or whatever interesting teaching and learning blog or, or article um, journal that you read about whether or not extra credit is beneficial. Now, again, I always go back to as the instructor, that is your decision to make. Sometimes the department that you work for or the supervisor that you have dictates that. I know that a particular department um, chair or dean, I don't know exactly, basically tells their faculty, his or her faculty, that they can't do extra credit. I mean, I'm like, well, isn't that kind of, isn't that kind of bordering on, on academic freedom? <laughs> I mean, I know academic freedom is, is, is different <laughs> in, in not whether or not you want to offer extra credit. I get that. But again, it's like, hey, you know, you hired us to teach and, and it's not just about teaching the content. It's about how we structure the class and how, how we do assessments and, you know, a variety of different things. So, you know, is extra credit good? Is it not good? In my personal opinion, I think that you have to regulate extra credit because you don't want to create a situation where extra credit is replacing a major component of the course grade-wise. Because remember, we have learning objectives. You know, whatever those objectives for the course are, or the module or the chapter, and we're required to do those, whatever body is telling you, you know, you have to do those, you know, those have to unfold in, in a variety of ways. And so if a major chunk of that class or that subject isn't, the, the, the student isn't getting an experience with and we're not being able to assess them, but then they actually pass the course, but they pass the course because they got some extra credit. That's a, that's a problem. Um, and that's my opinion. Uh, that's a problem. Now, the reality is, especially at a higher education institution, is that students come in with this already established relationship with extra credit from their K through 12 experience. It is kind of like this, this extra extra student in the course. It's like an extra learning objective where it's just like this typical mantra that students will, is there extra credit? Do you offer extra credit? I mean, shoot, yeah, we, we have it in our syllabus. Like, hey, do we offer extra credit? Now there's a variety of really cool things that you could do with extra credit. I know some of my colleagues do service learning, which is great. Because it's like, hey, you know, if students want to do service in the community, then you're, you know, and then write something up for that. And how, and uh, how does it connect with some aspect of the course? Hey, that's practical application. I dig that. I think that's great. 
Um, the hard part with service learning, just trying to play a little bit of the, of the opposite coin here, is that there may be students where really it's not an opportunity for them. You know, if you're going to do extra credit, in my opinion, it needs to be available for all students and they can choose whether or not they want to take advantage of that opportunity. If you're doing extra credit opportunities where it's about an event that's outside of the regular class time that um, as a, is at a scheduled time, you know, many of them may have work, they may have other obligations, they may have another course. Um, so I have a really hard time with that. For example, um, I know some colleagues will offer extra credit if students attend a, a an event that's on campus. Hey, I am a big advocate for that. Like, hey, that's great. Unfortunately, if that event happens to fall during the time of your scheduled class, that's basically telling the student um, it's more important to go to this to get extra credit because they're thinking extra credit, even if it's just five points, for some reason they think it's like the Holy Grail and I'm going to miss this other course, this other class period. Again, it's the student's choice ultimately, but man, that's, that's dangling a pretty powerful incentive. Regardless if it's five points or 50 points, it's still labeled as extra credit. So that's that's really tough. Now, I'm not saying that the instructor who offered that extra credit, that that's not good. All I'm saying is if you're scheduling events on campus, hey, schedule try to schedule them during times that have the le the path of least resistant with other classes, okay? Not during the 8 to 12.30 class period window, because that's usually when most students take, the, take classes is between 8 and 12.30 or 8 and 2, um, so that they don't feel like they're caught in a dilemma between, well, do I do this or do I do that? So that, that's kind of the extra credit. You know, if it's a little bit of, a little bit of things here and there, you know, you offer, Hey, I'm going to give you five extra points if you do this extra little thing. And it's related to the class. Hey, sometimes you got to dangle a carrot. It's called incentive theory. It's a motivation, very strong motivation theory. I mean, there's a strong pool. You dangle a carrot like that. They dig that stuff. And if that's what it's going to take to get students to maybe fill out a particular uh, handout in class or to do a particular assessment in class or to get, do an additional set of research, you know, that's connected to the class, which really ultimately is going to enhance their learning experience anyways. And they're probably going to do a little bit better on whatever assessment it is by doing that. Hey, if you got to dangle five, five points out of a thousand in the class, <laughs> do it. Okay. It's just when it gets where it's like really like the amount is replacing a whole entire assignment. That's where I get a little concerned. But now I'm going to segue into, because there's been a lot of debate about whether or not you should offer extra credit to get your students to do a course evaluation. There's debate about, well, actually that's going to skew how they fill that out because they're thinking, oh, I'm getting extra credit. This student's, this teacher's awesome. And I'm going to say, I'm going to disagree with that. I understand that perspective, and I, I think it's a valid one. It's an understandable one. It's a possible variable that could be impacting how they are subjectively evaluating the teacher in the course. But I'm actually going to put this on the way the evaluations are created. You know, let's be frank. Most student evaluations, the questions are not, in my opinion, are not written effectively. 
they're, it just, they leave way too much open for the student to misinterpret. And it's, some of them become more about a personality contest rather than an evaluation of whether or not the teacher's competency in the course. And some of them open the door for them to complain because they were dissatisfied with something and not taking responsibility. They rather blame it on the teacher. But also it's not necessarily painting an accurate picture of instructors who really, who really are, um, who, who are getting good evaluations because they're a muffin, um, which is, you know, an easy instructor. If you, if you listen to the, the late work policy podcast episode, um, you know, where they're just, Hey, you know, sure. You just turn it in whenever you want to, you know, it's like, they want to be your friend and, you know, and uh, you know, te- the students are like, yeah, I got an easy A, an easy A great inflation. So they're like, this teacher was awesome. It, that, that has, you know, that has nothing to do with the competency of that teacher. So I think that course evaluations, and if you're on a committee or if you have the opportunity to be on a committee to reevaluate and create uh, questions related to the course evaluation process, man, I would jump on that because the more heads we can put together to find an adequate way to evaluate to the best of our ability. Okay. I mean, I realize it's a survey. It's going to be subjective anyways. Right. But to do it as accurate as best as we can, that I think is great to do. I actually create a totally separate survey because the, because I want to know, hey, what tools worked for you as a student and which ones didn't and why? You we don't get that op- they don't get that opportunity on the course evaluation to do that. At least at my institute, the several institutions that I've worked at where I was privy to the course evaluations. So that's tough. So I create a separate one because I want to know, hey, are there common denominators that they like or dislike? And that tells me what I need to know. Ideally, you should be doing some form of formative assessment throughout the semester to get an idea, hey, on the, on the spot right now, is this working or not? But, you know, having a summative one at the end, I think, in connection with the class evaluation is a good one. I don't think dangling a carrot of, hey, five extra credit points, all that is doing is just kind of giving them a nudge. Actually, it's technically, it's like, like pulling them towards, it's you know, dangling a carrot saying, hey, I just want you to fill this out, okay? I'm not going to know what you wrote. All I need to know is, did you do it? And just show me proof that you did it. Not what your answers were and the way, you know, now it's all online. So it's like, psh, all they got to do is say, show the picture that it was completed. And then, you know, they could have totally slammed you. <laughs> but, I mean, they're still getting the five extra credit points. Anyways, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one, but you know, class evaluations, there really needs to be some work done on those. And I know, you know, at different institutions that I've worked at, man, it's always been a bit of a thorn in the side because the course evaluations carry a lot of weight when it comes to promotion or whether or not you're going to be offered certain courses as an adjunct. Um, or, you know, or like I said, either the tenure process, the promotion process, um, and just, just the overall impression. I mean, shoot, you know, they have rate your professor now where you go and rate your professor and students will go in there to see if they, if, if they want to, um, take a professor. I'll be perfectly frank with you. 
I actually went on there because I heard a rumor that other faculty were going on there and, and having each other doing evaluations as, stu as mock students for each other to kind of bump up their rating. So I was like, really? And I wanted to test it out if it was true or not. And heck yeah, I popped on there. I, I basically submitted it as if I was a student and I posted at the very bottom. I said, well, this just goes to show you that these are not a reliable source of identifying if the, the competency of this instructor because I'm the instructor of this class. And if you don't believe me, sign up for my class and ask me about this. <laughs> so it's totally, I mean, it's not even valid. <laughs> But students, you know, anyways, that's just tough. Um, you know, if you're going to, if it's going to be used as a lot of weight in, in a promotion process or whether or not you're, you know, class selection, then those questions really need to get a better depiction of what's going on in that classroom. Both sides, whether or not it's a fluff class, an easy A class, a muffin kind of class, or whether it is, man, this teacher is just kind of all over the place, there's no structure, or it's so outlandishly difficult that, you know, even other teachers couldn't actually pass the course. You know, you need to have those kind of um, opposing sides to give you a gauge and then what everything else is supposed to look like in the middle. So interesting things. Um, I, you know, hey, like I'm always a big advocate for 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 asking people uh, that you work with. You know, hey, what are your thoughts about that? What do you do? Do you do extra credit? You know, how do you do you do a separate evaluation that you create your own questions? You know, what do you do? Because I think it's something that we need to be privy to, not just rely on teacher evals. You know, I've gone a few semesters where I didn't even read the teacher evals because, <clears throat> you know, you always have a few. <laughs> where it doesn't matter how many glory, you know, glowing, uh, comments you got, you know, there's always a few where they use that course evaluation as an opportunity to jab you. And, you know, I'm inferring that the jab probably comes from a place of that student not taking responsibility for what happened probably in connection with they didn't complete an assignment. They went to you and asked for an extension. You said no. Um, and they were dissatisfied with that. So they held on to that. They harbored that and took it out on an evaluation or they were disruptive in class on their phone, tardy, whatever. And you talk to them about it. You maybe called them out. You know, you obviously want to be respectful of that, but they took it the wrong way and they took it personally. And then of course hung on to that, you know, it's a fine line. So it's like, well, you know, uh, but anyways, so interesting topic, uh, lots of articles out there on it. So take, take a gander. All righty y'all until next time.